come now to reflect on Psalm 130 and how to grieve well. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, in our sorrow and loss and our grief, we come now to your word and pray that your spirit will speak words of encouragement and life to us. Be our comfort, our rock and our refuge. In Jesus' name, amen. It's important to grieve well. Let me tell you a story about someone who struggled to grieve well. A mother of a four-month-old baby was in the library with her, and the baby quietly babbled as the mother was browsing for books. And as they walked by, she heard an older man very gruffly say, tell that kid to shut up or I will. Oh, imagine that. Now, of course, the mum was cross and a bit angry, and she couldn't help herself, and she said to the grumpy man, I'm sorry for whatever happened in your life that caused you to be so cross over a baby that's happy, but I will not tell her to shut up, and I won't let you either. Now, the mum braced herself, expecting to get an outburst from the man. However, the man took a deep breath, and he paused and then quietly said, well, I'm so sorry. And he had a tear in his eye, and they were both still for a moment. And finally, the man looked at the wee baby, and the baby was smiling and kicking happily as they do. And he wiped the tear from his eye and said, my son died when he was two months old. Now, the mum sat in the chair next to him and asked him to say, well, what's your story? And, and the man shared had our two months his beloved son had died of a cot death and was over 50 years earlier. And he described as a young father how he grew angry. And he grew angry and angrier and it led to a failed marriage and then isolation. And so the mum was very wise and she said, tell me about your son. And the older man, well, he opened up and with a sparkle in his eye he told about that young two-month-old and how proud he was when the lad was born and how he used to hold him and even change the odd nappy. And the old man, while he was looking at the wee baby gurgling in the mum, and then he said very cautiously, can I, can I hold the baby? And the mum passed the baby over to the older man and he held him very closely and his shoulders relaxed and the old man leant his cheek onto the top of the baby's head who was quite happily gurgling and waving her arms around. Then he returned the baby and said, Thank you. You don't know what that means to me. It's important that we grieve well, isn't it? It's important that we don't let resentment or anger, we don't let grief so take hold of us that it fractures our relationships and we become isolated and alone. Now, one of the wonderful things about the Psalms that we find in the Bible is that the Psalms can help us grieve well. For within the Psalms, it contained every human emotion, from the heights of joy to the abyss and the depths of grief. In the Psalms, we have the hilltops of thankfulness and the valleys of anger, all expressed in the Psalms, depression, frustration, alongside celebration and awe. All of this is found in the Psalms. And Psalm 130 is a gift to us to help us grieve well. 
And we're going to look at Psalm 130 briefly and see the progression of grieving well from the start to the end. And, and just a little caution, people grieve at different rates, at different times. And as we grieve, some days we think we're doing okay, and then other days we fall apart. <laughs> and that's natural for grief. But the promises in God's word, the comfort that we have from our Heavenly Father, the resurrection of Jesus from the grave, help us to grieve well. So we start off with 130, Psalm 130, verse 1. Out of the depths I cry to you, O Lord. O Lord, hear my voice. Let your ears be attentive to my cry for mercy. Yes, as we miss fire, as we miss our loved one, as we hold that, that wonderful photograph close, as we mourn over the grave, as our souls sometimes sink to the very bottom of our boots, and we wonder how we endure. And so we don't bother it out. We cry out to God. We say, Lord, why? Why did you take us so young? <laughs> she had so many years to boss us around, Lord. <laughs> why did you take her so young? And you know, this is the first step in grieving well. To cry out and not suppress. To cry out to the Lord. As I grieve, Lord, I miss her so much. But then we move from cries of why and cries of sadness to cries of, Lord, have mercy on me. Hold me in the palm of your hand, Lord. Be my strength and my comfort. If you want to grieve well, the first step is to cry out to the living God. And after all the tears and after we've cried so much that we just cannot cry again, there is stillness. And this is the second stage of grieving well. And we see this in the next verse, verse 5. I wait for the Lord. My soul waits. And in his word I put my hope. Yes, once there are no more tears, once they have dried up, we wait in the stillness. And in that stillness, as we've cried out to God, he will draw near. He will give us that spark of hope that starts off so small, but that hope that we can get through this day and the next and the next. And this hope lies because of the promises we have in God's word. We, pro we hope and we think of Psalm 27, verse 13. And it says this, I am still confident of this. I believe I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait for the Lord. Be strong and take heart and wait for the Lord. What a wonderful promise to claim. In the stillness, even if we don't feel like it, we say I am confident of this. I believe I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. And so I am still and I wait. It's the second stage of grieving well. And then comes the third stage of grieving well. We've cried out till there are no tears and then we've stilled ourselves and waited and then we come to verse 7, the last stage of grieving well. Put your hope in the Lord, for with the Lord is unfailing love and with him is full redemption. 
put your hope in the Lord. And so now we become proactive in our grief. We lean into God. Instead of just crying out and asking why, instead of now just waiting and be still, we grab hold of the promise of God. And I say to my grieving heart, put your hope in God, in a God whose love never ceases, a love that is unfailing, abundant and everlasting and directed to me and my loved ones. Psalm 42 puts it like this. Why are you downcast, O my soul? Why so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God, for I will yet praise him, my Saviour and my God. See, the Psalms, don't they sum up our grieving so well? Why are you downcast, O my soul? Why so disturbed? But I will put my hope in God. Even if I don't feel like it, I will tell my heart to trust in my heavenly Father. And what does his love look like? Isn't his love just sentiment and and fuzzy feelings? Well, no, God's love is not just sentiment. God's love is a love that is active, and it's seen in the word redeem or redemption. I'll read that verse again. Put your hope in the Lord. For with the Lord is unfailing hope, and with him is full redemption. Redemption, that's a word used a lot in church, but what does it mean? Well, it means God's love in action. And we see redemption, first of all, when God rescued his people from slavery in Egypt. And remember, God raised up Moses, and then God brought the whole nation of Israel out of captivity to slavery and redeemed them. And that was God's love in action. But that's not all. More wonderfully, we see God's love in action, his unfailing love in action on the cross. For this is where we were redeemed. This is where we were rescued from slavery to sin and death. And because Jesus died on the cross and was raised again, and here's the good news of the gospel, because Jesus was raised from the dead, all who believe and look to him have the assurance that the grave will not be our end, that we too will be raised from the dead because we are redeemed. That's God's love in action. And five, she believed in Jesus. And so, though we grieve and though we miss her dearly, we can be confident because of the promises in God's word that she is at everlasting peace with her heavenly Father. She is in the place that her heart longed for all these years. And though we miss her dearly, it is a great comfort for us. And I, when I visited Fine Hospital, she did talk to me and she did say, oh, I wish the young folk would be interested in church. <laughs> so this is my time to communicate to her young folk. She'd love to see you. In church. Not that church is special in itself, but church is how we connect to the love of God and pay respect to our family. Yes, one of the best ways we can honour Fi's memory is to follow in the footsteps of Jesus and believe in our hearts that God raised him from the dead and follow Jesus as our Lord. So today, we've looked at Psalm 130 and we see there's some 
wonderful stages of grief. Don't bottle it out. Cry out to the Lord. Ask your why. Be angry with God. The Psalms teach us how to be angry with God, but also to find our peace. When you've cried and you have no more tears, then wait for God. And in the stillness, tell your heart to put your faith in Jesus who died for us. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, you are a great and a wonderful God. We thank you that the Psalms are full of every human emotion and how the Psalms help teach us to grieve well. And we pray, Lord, that that will be ourselves, that we won't bottle it up like that old man, Lord, who was grumpy at babies, that, that you will help us with the support of our family and friends and as you touch our lives to grieve well. We ask this through Christ our Lord. Amen.